0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Episode 101, once again. I'm pretty good, Graham. Good. Pretty good. We got some nice cooling temperatures out there now. It is a little cooler. I walked out of work today, and I was like, what is it, like 80 degrees? Yeah, La- lack of humidity comfortably wearing pants outside again not feeling like you're roasting yep so that's been phenomenal um, sure feels like football season a little bit No, yep. feels like October playoff baseball mmm feels like uh, you know basketball's coming up, coming up in a oh. bit oh you know feels like the United are in maybe in the second half of their season now Yeah, something like that sure. so it's yeah. going well oh, yeah good Oh, I got hit by a car on my bike the other day. Jesus God. Yeah. not bad that work for you? Yeah. Well, you're here, so I yeah, guess, it, was I guess it wasn't too bad. I took out some, some lady. I was passing her on her right, which might be illegal. Mm. And uh, she turned right into a restaurant in North Highlands. Did you flip over? I didn't flip over, but I, I'm pretty sure I took her mirror off oh, her Jesus. car. But she was just like, yeah, okay. I'm like, yeah. And she just left. We both went on with our lives. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you fall over? Uh, not fully. You yourself. Yes, that's, that's good. good. Yeah. So the podcast can go on, Graham. Okay. Well, I figured, you know, you're here. It wasn't it must have not been uh, the worst thing in the world. No, no, no. We made it through. That's good. Just like the Braves are trying to make it through and clinch the NL East, uh, by the time you all hear this, we probably will have uh, clinched the division. Uh, the magic number is down to one. The Braves stand at 94-60. Nine and a half games above the Washington Nationals with the rest of the division. Totally screwed. Um, Braves lost their first series since July 24th, Adam. Dropped two or three to the Phillies, salvaged the series today with a 5-4 victory and a businessman special, as you like to call it. Uh, General thoughts on the Braves after enduring the gauntlet of Phillies Nationals, Phillies Nationals, and coming out of it, I'd say pretty damn successfully. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we went into it up like four and a half and come out up like ten and a half, something like that. I'd say it's pretty damn successful. hmm um, I mean, you can't complain too much after losing your first, I think it's been 15 series or so. Yeah. Since we have a loss. I think it's like 11-0 and 4 since July 23rd. Played some damn good teams, too, in terms of, you know, the Nationals, the Dodgers. Um, that's it. I guess the Phillies, you could say, are decent enough. So the, the Phillies have been playing a lot better. Like They have. If they had played how they did those first two games against us, they'd still be in this thing. As Chip Carey likes to point out on every single damn broadcast. You just can't take out the human element of baseball. No, he likes talking about what the Braves did versus the Marlins versus what the Phillies did versus the Marlins. It doesn't make a big difference. The Phillies were like 7-9 versus the Marlins. Yeah. But, I mean, they had a winning season against us. The Phillies did? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Um we would have had to win the last two games tonight, so I think they were like ten and eight against us or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but some fresh concerns, Graham. I do have to say there are a lot of concerns going around. Um, um, I mean, even though I think we you know did res- respectable enough in this uh, in this Phillies Nationals Phillies Nationals, it was like the last ten games sitting at five and five. It wasn't like we were you know out there performing like we did in that stretch where we win 19 of 23 but you know you can't expect that to be sustainable over the entire season uh it's been a hell of a grind and uh a very traumatic weekend for the braves for sure yes indeed we um i guess last week we discussed losing camargo correct we didn't know if camargo was you know screwed we thought he'll be back in a few days it's just and then we learned it's a hairline fracture but of course the day we're releasing the podcast once again we're woefully out of date true professionals Uh, as professional as our hundredth episode having like some of the shittiest sound quality that we've put out in a while and it was a good episode too. That's the, that's the bad <laughs> part. I mean, if you if you just bumped it up really loud, hopefully you uh, you, you heard enough of the, oh, the two hours that you could hear you, and then I'd be screaming. Yeah, I'd ear. be like, like, yeah. So the Braves are uh, you know doing this, and I was like, well, oh, I really think that these motherfuckers here. And it's like Jesus. And I was noticing that when I was editing, and I was like, well, you know, what do you what can you do? That's at this the way point? she goes sometimes. Yeah, we're not going to redo it exactly. Um, anywho, yeah. So Camargo is. Officially out there saying there's a small chance he could come back. I don't want to hold your breath. Yeah. I mean, a hairline fracture ain't a fracture, but it's nothing to sneeze at. So, I mean, we lost him, and then everyone's favorite utility player, Charlie Culberson, got bashed by a baseball straight in the face. Trying to bunt. And the, the weird part about that was his was 1-1 one, one game, on uh, I believe, on Saturday afternoon against the Nationals. And pretty crucial situation. Had some runners on. Charlie's trying to bunt him over. This goes back to why we shouldn't bunt, at him. You don't think we shouldn't bunt? I, I'm just I'm just being silly. Oh. You know, like a lot of Sabre-matricians say it's just oh, silly yeah, to bunt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, right. sure. Yeah, that's what happens all, all the time. Exactly. When you, bunt, when you, you try to bunt, it's just, it's just bad news. Yeah. Um, so, Charlie squared. Uh, I can't remember his pitch Fernando Rodney. He, he's trying to elevate the pitch because, you know, when a, when a guy's bunting, if you can elevate the pitch, they have a higher probability of popping it up. So, you know, it's a sound strategy, Sure. But the problem with that was uh, he lost control of the ball and wound up just throwing it directly into Culverson's face. He couldn't get out of the way fast enough. And uh, he tried to pull his bat back, and he was... uh, He tried to pull his bat back, and unfortunately the ball nailed him right under his eye. Uh, Multiple facial fractures. Luckily, no permanent damage to his vision or his eye. Um, But it 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 was quite harrowing. Blood on the field. And uh, it's a very, very tough thing to, to watch. And then we've got the Nationals manager, Dave Martinez. As Charlie Culberson is on the ground with blood gushing out of his face, uh, trainers all around him, carts coming onto the field to get Charlie off the field, uh, Dave Martinez says that's a good time to appeal whether or not Charlie actually went around and swung. And he wanted it to be zero and one. Um, in fairness to Dave Martinez, he admitted afterwards that was a complete jackass move, uh, kind of in the moment type thing. Apologized, apologized to Brian Snicker, who Snit of course, as he does with his players, defended them, went off on everybody, the umpires, yeah. Dave Martinez. That was great. I uh, honestly, I had woken up the next morning and I was pretty, I uh, was pretty hungover. And so I was like delirious, and I was watching the video and everything of, of you know what happened again. I just see uh, you know Snit out there just saying just over and over again to both the umpires, the crew chief, and the and the and the home plate umpire. says just, just fuck both of you, fuck both of you, fuck you two, fuck both of you. You just kept saying that over and again. It's like this is bullshit. I mean, it, it was sort of like every other word was kind of. You couldn't hear, but he clearly said "fuck both of you" over no. and over again. And I got a little choked up because I was like, "Man, I, I can't sleep. I'm really hungover, and this man is just going all out for his his guy again." And it was just a really beautiful display, uh, vulgar display, which I highly appreciated. <laughs> and uh, it was just one of those moments where you felt proud as a Braves fan. And that's your that's your manager, regardless of how you think you know Snit handles the bullpen or this, that, or the other. Uh, you can't deny that he loves his guys and will do anything to protect them. And I think that goes a long way in, you know, building the camaraderie of that, that great clubhouse, uh, chemistry, you know, it's really important and you can't, you can't, uh, you can't quantify that. It's a, it's a great thing. And, uh, went on to win a game 10 to one. Uh, for some reason, Martinez leaves Rodney in and he struggles. Acuna gets a big double and, uh, Winds up giving like three, about three or four more runs. Braves Braves cruise from there. But I think the team is reeling a little bit from the loss of Culverson because they haven't looked like themselves since then, which is understandable. You're also in the dog days. You've gone through a, a big gauntlet of games where you know you're trying to destroy your division opponents, and they're trying to you know, especially the Nationals, you know, who are still fighting for a playoff spot, are giving you everything you got, and you take three or four from the Nationals at home. You know the Phillies are playing better baseball. Uh, they got to be exhausted. They got to be exhausted, and they got to be emotionally devastated after what happened to Culberson, who's been who's an integral part of this team. Well, if you saw the lineup today, being Thursday, we had the business, businessman special that you spoke about earlier. Sure, uh, Snit finally like rested a bunch of guys. Um, so glad to see Josh Donaldson get a day off. Josh Donaldson got a full day off. Riley played a third. And hit a homer off Nola. To right. That was very promising to yeah, see. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, Hechevarria played for Dansby. Dansby, who's been struggling awesome. really badly. And it goes back to before he got hurt. Um, Duvall played for Marcaikis. Joyce got a night off. Um and Snit was saying after the game in his post game interview, which we ended up winning today, that we we got enough offense today. Uh, Acuna hit a huge bomb, the Riley bomb. Freddie had a clutch hit, and um, Snit was just saying he could tell after the game last night. Okay, now's the time to get these guys some rest. He said he he just had a gut feeling. Oh, now him. he feels like that. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He said he could just tell after last night. He's yeah. like, okay, that now's now's the time. Whatever happens tomorrow happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's get some fresh bodies in there. And you gotta think once um, once we clinch, which it's gonna happen this weekend. If it doesn't, I'd be barring shattered. something catastrophic. Yeah. Those guys are gonna get a couple days here and there. Without a doubt I it, in hope the last so. week of the season. But you don't it, you don't wanna just not play them. It's a tricky thing, and this is something that the Braves have struggled with for, for years with some of their better teams has been, uh, you know, in the Bobby Cox era. It's like we clinched the division of like three weeks left in the season and he'd like rest too many guys too often, try to get his rotation in order. And it seemed like we'd play teams in the division series who were fighting to the end and they were jacked up and we were sort of, oh, waking up from a nice long 10-hour sleep. And, and then before you know it, we lose in either swept or losing four or five games, you know, it's, it's just like those guys just had the eye of the tiger and the eye of the tiger for us had been taken out because there was no impetus to give it your all at that point because everything was, was set in stone. So it's one of those things where I hope, even if we, uh, you know, even when we clinch the vision, if it's as soon as this weekend, that we, you know, like you're saying, balance it out, give Acuna rest, give Albies rest, of Freddie rest, Donaldson, mix and match a little bit, but you know, just a game or two. Yeah, just a game or two. Don't have you know? Just just be very careful about how much time you, you uh, how much time off. You I get mean, though. these guys play every day. Like literally, uh, another day off after an off day, something like that. Right. That's something enough like for that. them. That's, that's enough. That's for them. perfect. And then like throw it. Let a Kyle Wright get a start. Who looked damn nasty last night. His last couple of appearances, yeah. Kyle Wright coming mm-hmm. out of the bullpen. You still see the potential there for oh yeah. his future with this team. Well, you think about a guy like Freed. I know Freed struggled recently, but you, you, you saw that it was there, and now he, you know he's come into his own this year. And the, and the scary part with Freed is that he's nowhere nowhere near a finished product. He's very inconsistent. He'll have months where he's lights out. He'll have months where he really struggles. And I just can't, I can't wait to see him next year. You know, hopefully that's when you think you know third time's a term You put it together fully. Who would have thunk at the end of last season when he was struggling the way he did and was just a bullpen guy that he would be you know one of our better pitchers over the course oh, he was of the entire great season? The, he was great in the bullpen down the stretch last year, right? But how, would playoffs. you have thought that he would have been, like, a, a guy? I, I've a, always been a Max Freed guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could, just seeing him pitch in the bullpen last year, that's when I was like, okay, this guy's legit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think he, I'd be uh, wrong to say that I thought he'd be this good. Although he's been struggling. He, he's another, he's yeah. one of my uh, concerns that I was going to bring up earlier. Yeah. He's uh, given up five earned runs in at least three of his last five starts. Uh, getting shelled, too. Giving up... A lot of home runs, uh, you know, that Philly started a couple of, uh, not the last one, but the one before last. It seemed like he gave up four or five runs in the, or was that against the Nationals? I was against the Nationals, he gave up like a bunch of runs early, like the first inning and then he sort of settled down. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, you do something like that in the playoffs, you could be shit out of luck if the team's got their, you know, one of their hosses going. Yeah, I mean, I would just like to see him get a couple, a couple extra days off before I, his next start. I would like to skip him in the rotation, his next start, skip him. As long as he's, there's room for one more start for him. it should be. Because um, think of the way he came back after his blister. Yeah, lights out. It was dominant. Um, there has been a lot of talk with his struggles, although I guess Julio kind of sucked it up the past couple starts as well. But well, but now there's been talk of Folti being in there and Freed being the bullpen arm, so you have another lefty. I could see that. I mean, folti has been... Outstanding! He had another great start against Washington the other night. He's uh, mowing folks down. Um, looks really good, really poised, really in control. You know, he's definitely making a push. Actually, I don't know if you can rest Max free because we only have eight more games. That's what I'm saying. Just push him a couple days, or that. Yeah, if you do yeah. that, let um Kyle, Kyle Wright get a start or something like that. Sure. Um, Maybe do the same thing with Soroka. I mean, Soroka looked pretty good today, but I, I would still, you know, these guys have eclipsed their previous innings uh, the most amount of innings they've, they've pitched in their lives before. So down the stretch, especially when playing against San Francisco, Kansas City, and the Mets, it's like we can afford to yeah. take it a little easy. you Cowwright, know, if, if Bryce Wilson, and then that pushes everyone back a couple of days and then just right. let them get their last start. You can pace out your bullpen now. you got all these arms up here. You can decide exactly which days each guy's going to pitch so they're tuned up. Yeah. Here's a hot take for you, Adam. So, uh, Dansby Swanson, since returning from his injuries, hit 156. He's looked pretty awful at the plate. Played, you know, his normal Dansby defense, at least the eye test says. But Hatch, do you dare... Do you dare say Hetcheria should start? No. Considering Dansby is like an offensive uh, black hole right now. I mean, Hetcheria has a track record for being a less than mediocre bat. I mean, he's... Could you say the same thing about Dansby? Other than the start of this year, he hasn't really ever been like a beast offensively. And, I mean, and that's being generous to even call him a beast at the beginning of this season, even though he did certainly hit better. Now he's a guy that is uh, barely... You know, worthy of an eight-hole spot I've had offensively? But that—that's Hetchveria's ceiling, basically. Is a decent seven-eight. So, so, so two seventy-three with a three fifty-three on base and a five hundred slugging percentage is his is his uh, floor. You say? Our ceiling. Are you assuming. a small samples guy now, Graham? We're saying over forty-four games with us. That's what he's done. So you're a small samples guy now. I'm not saying I'm a fully small well, samples about, what, guy. What about what about what he's what he did last year, the year before? That's what you always told me with Duvall. Yeah. Duvall had a terrible season last year, so he's not even a major leaguer. That's what you told me, Graham. Now Hetch Maria's had a good 44 games. And how many at-bats? Well, he's only had 51 at-bats. So do with that what you will. Yeah, it's a small sample size. Right. But would you? But we also talk about hot hand when we get close to the playoffs, too. I'm not saying Hetch Maria's the hot hand, but before Dansby came back, he was pretty hot. It's too much of a an issue at this point. Dansby is the guy. Yeah, you're not but it's gonna... one of those things where at least you have to think twice about it. Uh, okay. I feel like. I, I, I don't think you do. Like, unless Dansby's striking out four times a game, like you're not we're winning with Dansby in the lineup, but that's just I feel like Triaggy a better chance to win because he plays as good a defense and has performed better offensively over the last month and a half. In limited playing In time. In limited playing time. But he did start, like, every day for at least I, I, three weeks. I feel like he's, like, a um, – he's kind of like w- once we started playing Charlie Culberson every day, mm-hmm. and he started just playing terribly. I feel like that's the adventure where he is. Probably right. I just like, – I don't know. He's a bench guy for a reason. It makes me think. It's just making me think but, recently. Because I just see Dansby. He looks – you know, it looks like last year, which looks lost. Awesome. He just needs to swing out of it, like – I feels like he's in spring training and he's figuring a bunch of shit out. Hopefully over the last eight games or something he can he can he can figure his shit out, but I, I don't hold out a lot of hope there. Same thing with McCann. I mean McCann's an offensive albatross at this point. Is he? Oh God. I'll give you some stats that you'll that uh, I actually looked up on my own and did my own calculations on Adam. Prepare yourself. Since over August and September, McCann is hitting one seventy one, the two fifty six on base percentage, and a two forty slugging percentage ghastly he's been kind of disgusting sli- why is he sliding under the radar for being so shitty because everybody loves McCann yeah and he also went on the il for you know that weeks it does or something. feel like Tyler flowers has been, been playing a lot more than him recently huh he's been performing a little better offensively than McCann I still like the way McCann calls a game more than flowers I like his defense more because he hasn't you know let all these balls get past him like flowers but uh offensively I, I just I'm can't say that I have any confidence in McCann. I feel like two out of your eight guys are auto outs right now on McCann and Dansby, which is, which is frustrating. Yeah. They're certainly not clicking like they were back in June, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Good news is Mark has been, you know, he, he's done, you know, what I, I hoped he would do, which I thought was a little unrealistic to expect. But since he's come back from his injury lights out hitting all, hitting all fields, Looks like early season Marquez, where he just goes on a run where he's hitting like three eighty over a month and a half. So perfect time. Yeah, his for broken that. wrist could have been a great thing it for him. Certainly forced him to sit down for a month and a yeah. half. And once again, he's deepening the lineup. You slot Joyce sixth now, and that just makes you so much better because you have McCann and Dansby at the back end who are hot trash offensively. So at least you feel pretty good about your your one through six with Marquez back. And I. I'm telling you, I have a little bit of hope that we're starting to see Austin Riley again. Based he's, off he's one been, home run, you are a small sample size guy. Adam. He's been putting days before he even hit the home run. Uh-huh. He's, he's been putting together better at bats, and he has been going to right field a lot more. He's not. I mean, he's not Acuna striking out three times a game every game. Are you looking up his stats right now? Who Austin Riley? Yeah, yeah. If ESPN would work for me, yeah we'll just have to go with my eye test but we have to use him now with Camargo being out and he I, I think he has to be on the, he's, the he, roster yeah, he's gonna be there um Duvall maybe if you got Duvall why do you need I mean if you got Riley why do you need Duvall I guess that's another backup outfielder out backup outfielder yeah. at this point Riley's your backup infielder third base and first base Ugh. Should shit go bad? Don't even say that, man. Don't even say that. That's just too. That's too scary to think about. Um, or he's just a power potential. You'd rather have team. him over Billy Hamilton, the great I, Billy Hamilton. Yeah, I'm, I'm so <laughs> sick of Billy Hamilton. Yeah, I'm. I'm done with him. I'd be. I'd be shocked if he made the postseason roster. So, what is your? Um, what's your postseason <laughs> rotation right now? The we, The weekly. Uh, the weekly postseason segment. rotation. Battle. In the order? In order. I'm going Soroka. All right. Keiko. Okay. Fulte. Tehran. You know what? I will say in Tehran... Depends on who we're playing. Fair. I will say... Free to the bullpen. I will say, in Tehran's defense, his last two starts have been against the Phillies... Who for whatever reason he struggles against everyone else he plays, he is pretty decent. So maybe it's just a Phillies thing. Well, it's like also like I don't think we could put Tehran in the bullpen. Freed's a guy that we could bring out of the bullpen. Yeah, if, if Soroka blows up for whatever reason or even faulty, I agree with. Or you. if we need a lefty to get a tough out. Yeah, maybe you don't you really have Cody Bellinger out. You don't really... game seven of the NLCS. Yeah, you don't really have a great lefty guy. I mean, you got Blevins. Blevins is our best guy right now. And that's about it. You even have Luke Jackson, who surprisingly, I feel like, gets lefties. I don't have you know stats in front of me. Uh, but it feels like he's able to pitch better against lefties sometimes, particularly with this, his slider. It feels like he hangs his slider with right-handers, but left-handers, for whatever reason, it's, like, it's a pretty good effective pitch. I'm not saying he's your go-to guy for le- against left-handers, but, I mean, him or Blevins at this point. You don't trust Newcomb anymore? No. Just the walks, man. He just walks people too much. The walks are coming back to bite him in the ass. He's lost the no-holds barred. I'm going to grab my testicles and squeeze them as hard as I can and throw it down your throat. Can we send him to, like, Gulf Coast League for, like, a week? No. I mean, he's probably still going to make the playoff, playoff roster. But no, I know that, but I'm just saying that that's what happened last time. He gets sent down, comes comes up like a bulldog pissed off at this point it's too late I'll send him to medlock park for a fall league real quick or something yeah have him strike out some 10 year olds yeah no, that'd be good Just you see that video? that would force him you know in all seriousness that would force him to get really fine with his strike zone because you're facing kids that are like four feet tall sure so, yeah you better be throwing you know <laughs> you know right at their uh right at their chest which would be at the, the knees of a major leaguer. So maybe that, that would help him out in his see, location, right? Did you see the video of Bartolo Colon in the Dominican Republic? Is pitching, he playing? He was pitching to like 12 year olds. That's amazing. <laughs> the, the one year removed from the major league, Bartolo Colon. Oh, and he was just. Was he even bigger. He was making them look like a fool. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, would, I would hope so. He's yeah. 12 years old. Right. Maybe we should give Bartolo a call. No longer to leave her. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with bullpen's you. The bullpen's been pretty damn good. Yeah, I would agree with you on their top three. I think I'd still put Freed for. I like his stuff more for the playoffs. But I also don't totally disagree with your stance on saying that that could be a great guy out of the bullpen. Maybe a little more so than Tehran. Um But I, I just feel like even though I know Max has struggled, when he's on, he's on. And if you skip him a start, and then he gets one more start before the playoffs, and he's good to go, I would ride him. As either your third or fourth guy, but Folti has done enough over the last monthish to warrant extreme consideration for the third rotation spot. Yeah, he's kind of a He's certainly changed my mind here. Yeah, uh, starting off that small sample size bullshit, and these are the four guys that've been here all year. But I mean, he's just been dominant, shut down. Yeah, and that's I think what, we've won like eleven straight starts. He's pitched something like, like that. Something crazy. Yeah, I know wins don't matter. Right. Your the team. point that the, the, I, when, I said, when wins don't matter for a a pitcher's a pitcher's record doesn't matter. Wins for your team certainly don't <laughs> matter. Oh, that's that's a confusing piece. So you want your team to win? Yeah, I don't give a shit if the, the pitcher gets a win because win is such an arbitrary but bullshit if, stat. If there you're so dependent on your team to get you the win, and the rules are stupid. You go five innings, you could give up seven runs, but hey, your team scores eight and you and you get the win. You had a shitty start. I, I get that, but you see, so there is a difference with the pitcher winning versus a pitcher pitching and his team winning a lot. Correct. While he pitches. Yeah. You can make the argument for Max Street for that. Usually he gets great run support and uh, wins a hell of a lot of games. When, and we win a hell of a lot of games when he starts. He has 16 wins, which, once again, who cares? But at least that shows at the very end of the day that the team is winning when he goes out there. And there's a stretch where he won, like, I don't know, 12 consecutive starts or something, not he himself but the team. Sometimes it's a weird fucking thing with that. We like, got we got some good. I feel I feel I can make an argument for all five guys. Um, so that's a positive. Yeah. I'm not gonna be like flabbergasted, no matter what comes out there. Unless they say Julio Tehran starting game one, then I'm going straight to SunTrust Park and protesting, I'm not quitting gonna. my job. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a a crowd together and start screaming. What if we win the game and then you got. Soroka, Keiko, Fulty lineup for that. would be a stroke of fucking genius. That would that would be a Snicker would have brass balls. Like there's that. just like some ridiculous splits about Julio Tehran pitching on like Thursday afternoons at four against yeah. a team that has five left-handed hitters in their lineup where he's got like a point three ERA. And they've hit a collective one for forty-seven against them <laughs> in their career. Yeah, it's like some some, Some fucking podcaster like found those right. saber metrics for S- him, send him and sent them to Alex. S- S- sent a fax to <laughs> a, fax. <laughs> a fax to Snitker. I see him as a fax guy. Yeah, definitely big fax guy. And uh, you know you got to tear like the little white papers off the side of the fax paper. Oh, there. Oh yeah, right. Um, and then you open it up and see what you see. What he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's sent so, You the message. I mean, it could be a great move actually. Yeah, I still want to do that, but you know, it's fun to think about it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Acuna? Once again, being chastised for a little bit of lack of hustle the other night on the on uh, Gene Segura getting a hit uh, center field Acuna approached it lackadaisically. Segura takes two on him when it should have just been a single. I didn't even know about that. Oh, well, it happened last night, and I didn't see it. I heard it on the way home from work on the radio. And Joe Simpson was uh, you know very complimentary about out. it. Sure, he wasn't freaking out. He's just like gotta be better than that. You know, he, was, he was he was right, you know. Uh. He he continues to have a couple of these little moments. There was um, I think that was also in Philly where he had thought he had robbed the home run. Yeah, that was really stupid. Out of his glove, like you he, can't. It doesn't matter what you think. You do not decide what happens. Yeah, the ball. He, he made a great leap. He made a great effort. Uh, had the ball. The ball falls out of his glove, and, and he thinks he had control of it. So he's just like pointing, going, "What the hell?" But the ball is on the ground, and the guy, whoever it was, I think it was Kingery, gets a, inside the park homer. And then he, even today, he dove for a ball that he probably shouldn't have dove in for. It got um, past him, and it was a triple when it could have been a single. so Well, I can't – I mean, <laughs> I hear that one, but I don't – least it's not was, lack of At hustle. least he was giving max right, effort. Right. Those other two, though, and, of course, no one can forget the uh, homer that wasn't. I, I, I honestly don't concern myself with any of the lack of hustle plays because I don't see that being a concern. Yeah, playoffs. yeah. I think once the playoffs roll around, there's going to be none, none of that. It's going to be laser focus. And and he's still ch- he's chasing this forty forty thing. He had his fortieth yeah. homer today. He's got thirty seven stolen bases. Yeah, so I, I think that's probably messing with him a little bit. He's only hitting two nineteen in September. He has had a couple of clutch hits. You know, the, the home run especially today, and then the big double uh, against the the Nationals on Saturday. But it's it's been it's been a little bit of a rough stretch for him since he, he started off August so hot. It's hitting like 380, And then by the end of August, he's hitting 270. which went, he's gone through a major, major slump over these last, uh, last month and a half or so. Um, you still see signs of him being, a, you know, he still does things that are important for the team. He helps the team win, scores, runs, gets walks, can still hit for power. Uh, even though he's only got three homers this month, you know, you still see enough of from Acuna that, you know, he's still a great player, but he's not, doesn't seem as locked in as he normally is. Uh, well, oh. Let me ask you a question, then. Yeah. Or maybe it's a fatigue thing. I don't know. Um, Adam Duvall. He's been... He's had a huge September. Oh, yeah. What was his, his September slash line? I don't know, but he's had a big September. Is this the thing you look at where possibly you play Adam Duvall in center and bench Acuna? Well, I think, you know, Duvall has won a gold glove before. Yeah. And to not consider that like, would be foolhardy. Like you said, Graham, you got to play your hot hand. you got to... Understand that subjective awards truly validate if a player is good or not, and Acuna only has one subjective award in Rookie of the Year. Right, and uh, you know who cares about that? He's up against rookies. It's not like he's up against everyone in baseball. Sure. So yeah, you know what? Maybe to send the kid, a, you know, send the kid a message and say Adam Duvall is taking over as your starting center fielder, and until you show me the effort, the hustle, and the absolute wherewithal to be a true Major League Baseball player, Ronald. So you're considering it? Absolutely not. I mean, that's, no. There's no chance in hell I'm considering that. Well, you considered for real over Dansby for... It's not like Dansby has a track record of being a beast. Acuna hit 40 home runs this year. Stolen almost 40 bases. Has a good on-base percentage. But Plays good right defense. Now. He's not hot right now. But he has a hell of a lot better track record than Dansby Swanson does. Well, considering his, he's been the most, he's been one of the most productive players on the team this year overall. We're not comparing Acuna to Dansby. We're comparing Dansby to Hechevarria. Yeah, but we're comparing. You're comparing the situations. I don't know what I'm comparing anymore, Graham. That's fair. We're gonna go with our normal starting nine. Of course we are. <laughs> the <laughs> debate is fucking yeah. bullshit. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's on, That's gonna be who's out there. Right. Oh, Cakes and left is kind of weird. It is weird seeing him out there. I don't know how I feel about that. Does it look? The 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 impetus behind that apparently was that they consider right field more. Uh, you have to cover more territory, which is why. But uh, Marquez isn't left. But Joyce no, it's Joyce is more comfortable in right than left. Is that also the case? Yeah. No. So Marquegas said he was willing to play left. I heard that. They were afraid that there was too much ground to cover for Marquez. He's played out there for the last 12 like, years. I know, but years. I think... He broke his wrist, not his legs. That's true. I don't know. I read that in some elitist athletic article. That, that's horseshit. <laughs> they, they, feed, they, they, they take the people... Take who, the people. ...who pay for the money for the articles... Fighting for the people. ...and feed you trash infogram. you got to listen to Atlanta's Own... A free Atlanta sports podcast. But they only put out one yes. episode a week. <laughs> How am I supposed to get the content I need of only one episode a week? And I'm not stupid. It's usually three days behind. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. But it'll be accurate. It'll it be accurate. It's all factually checked. Let's, let me, let's think about uh, all the times we've been inaccurate. We forgot to mention Francisco Cabrera is one of the best uh, pinch hitters in Brace history. Uh, you said the Mets. Actually, you know what? Retroactively, you were right about that. Remember, you said the Mets sucked, and then it was during that hot stretch they had, and then at yeah. the end of the year they did suck. Yeah. So, maybe, yeah, maybe we are <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> We don't look at. They were stone. We got stone cold facts here. Yeah. Brought okay. to you by uh, Coors Light. Our gut, our guts are generally right, and that's what we go with. Sure. Just like Snit. Just like Snit. The mighty Snit. Well, hopefully the next time we talk to you guys, we will have clinched the division. If we haven't, then maybe we're in a little bit of trouble heading into October baseball. I hope the Nationals miss the playoffs. That would be great. I would be most pleased. I think they dropped two or three the Cardinals. Cardinals are playing hot baseball right now, Adam. Yeah, that sucks. I really don't like that. The good news is, I think uh, if we consider the, uh, the rosters and everything, we have. I think we're better across the board but sometimes that doesn't matter. Uh, not against the, the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals are historically playoff beasts. I mean, they won the World Series after only winning 83 games or something like that in 2006. So They've eliminated us? I think that was the year they eliminated us. That was not. No, it was 2006. They've eliminated us. We have a twisted history with the Cardinals that I want to just touch on for a second. 2011 was the year that we choked away the nine-game lead or nine-and-a-half game lead, whatever it was for the wild card. You know, we were having a really good season, and then September happened, and we just sucked. And the Cardinals got in because of us. And the Cardinals got in because of us, and they went on they the won World, World Series, Series because of us. That was our World Series. Yes, flash forward to 2012. The Braves win the wild card in convincing fashion. They have a much better team. They don't choke down the stretch. Um, because the wild card expands to five teams, we have to play the Cardinals in the wild card game, and then they beat us. If you had flipped. The script from last year, the, the year before that, we would have still wild card gotten to the game. Yeah, we still had wild well, okay. It's just a bunch of bullshit. I don't like the playing the card. Chris Medlin started that one. game, Chris right? mellon started the and did the not wild have card a good game. start. No, he pitched fine, and then Chipper threw the ball over Dan Daniel head on the what should have been an ending inning double play, and uh, we just it just snowballed from there. Chipper makes that play, we probably win that fucking game. Oh, here's a question for you. It's a good one. All right, it's a Hugo type question. Yeah, in their primes. Which tandem do you take? Chipper at third, Dan Uggla at second, or Donaldson at third, Ozzy Albies at second? Uggla in his prime, like, before he was on the Braves? Because <laughs> uh, if that's the question, I take Chipper and Uggla. <laughs> we'll say Uggla's prime with the Braves. So that one month in August where he was hitting, had that 36-game hitting streak or whatever it was? Yeah. Chipper in his prime, like 99 Chipper. Sure. I'll take Chipper and Ugla. Okay. Because even though Ugla had, you know, a, just one, that one good month, he was quite productive in a bunch of homers. Donaldson and Ozzie give you better defense. And arguably maybe, but but Chipper in his prime and Ugla give you more power. Ugla's more power. and uh, Donaldson's probably more power than Chipper, though. Yeah, but Chipper hit 45 bombs that year without steroids. Well, for picking 99, yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a good one, though. I what think, think what about saying. 2012, Chipper Ugla versus 2019, Donaldson Albies? Oh, i definitely take 2019, Donaldson Albies. 2012, Chipper and Ugla versus 2018, Donaldson Albies. Ooh, that's tough. Donaldson's so banged up. <laughs> 2012, Sheperd had that fucking clutch factor, but Daniel yeah. like hits 196 during like the 2012 yeah, season. So I think, you. I think uh, if I could take Donaldson during that two week stint he had with the Indians, where he played pretty well, I'd probably still, even though Albies was, you know, worthless offensively down the stretch, I'd probably still take Donaldson, Albies at that point. But that's that makes me think a lot, especially because I think yeah, Daniel was just an albatross at that point, offensively and defensively. You got to yeah. take Donaldson, and Albies there. We could do this all day. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Two thousand six, not positive. My let's say two thousand five, for Call mm. Giles mm-hmm. versus two thousand beginning of two thousand nineteen, Dansby, Albies. I think better def- defense and and comparable offensive statistics. Different offensive statistics. Giles definitely had more power, but uh, I'll take the consistency of Albies. The, the gold-glove-worthy defense of the Albies and Swanson over those guys, okay. even though you get better speed for call, arguably. Although Ozzy's pretty damn fast. I think Ozzy's become the, one of the Braves' most complete players. He actually is hot. Uh, he's, he had a hot August, hot September. He's hitting 330 or something like that in September. Just consistent as they come. He might – you know, he's flirting with trying to hit for 300 during the whole season. They haven't been – it's not a season where he's got, like, a ridiculously high batting average and balls in play. He's been – Excellent. The whole year. He has never really dipped. Maybe he had that one stretch, maybe in like April or May, where he was like, you know, I was like, oh, God, here's Crash and Burn Ozzy. But ever since then, consistent as they come. Another 20-homer season, but he's done it in a better way, I think, than last year. It wasn't like, oh, I got hot and hit 12 home runs in May, and now I'm just going to swing for the fences. He's just steady but sure. He's matured. Yeah, for sure. And I got one more. Last one. But you have to answer... In one, one word. Ooh, okay. Would just say A or B? Okay. All right. A, 2012 outfield of up, up, and hey. hmm Versus B. That was 2013 outfield. 2013 up, yep. up, and hey. Mm-hmm. Versus B, current yeah. outfield of Marcaikis, Acuna, Joyce. Hmm. I'd probably take the the up up and a hay. Over a Well, no. I keep forgetting that like Giles, uh, not Giles, uh like Joyce is so good. He just doesn't seem like he <laughs> yeah. should be so good. No, I, I gotta take the latter. Okay. The latter bit just because even though I love Jay Up and Jay Hay. <laughs> uh, Jay Hay kinda of sucks though.
1: He had no, a good, no, he had a good so season. Good here. Yeah. Well,
0: he got hit in the face, and he got put in the leadoff spot, and then did better. But uh, yeah, BJ Upton just was just an albatross, and Justin Upton was either hot or really cold. So yeah, you got to go with the the latter, even though it's not as flashy. Uh, you, you you overall, but you have Acuna who's just better than everybody. So so B so B got it. Yeah, didn't answer you in one word, but you know that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Adam, let's move on to America's team, the Atlanta Falcons, who played one of the most bizarre football games I've ever seen on Saturday Night Football. Winners 24-20 against the Eagles. At a pretty crowded Mercedes-Benz Stadium, that actually consisted of a decent amount of Falcons fans. Yeah, I have a different outlook. on. Um, you can pretty much take everything I said last week and completely... Sh- shove it up your ass. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, the Benz was loud. Yeah, people were there. Yeah, looked like a lot of uh, red shirts. Yeah, I mean, you saw your 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 token Philly fans are you know scattered about. You saw some green, but overall, other than the beginning of the second half where you know people were coming back from you know going to the bathroom and shitting their brains out and puking <laughs> everywhere from nervousness of being a Falcons fan, uh, Ben's looked pretty full and it was rowdy, very rowdy. That was like it was like a Georgia Dome environment. It was actually a home field. Advantage. Yeah, we even got the Eagles to false start a couple of times. I was like, good job guys. Yeah. Um I saw somebody on the Reddit complaining about they had they were like Eagles fans and they went to the game and they were commenting on how hot it was in there because the stupid roof was open. Whatever. <laughs> Get over yourself. <laughs> you know, the fact that like it's a negligible difference, honestly, with the roof being open. I don't know about the temperature, but it's just. The like, temperature, yeah. Oh, he's just, he was talking about the game. He was just saying his comfort level as a fan. Go to the football game. Like, get the fuck over it. But I think his point was if it were like an open air stadium, it wouldn't be that hot. But because you're in a confined butthole that's just oh, slightly open. Oh, sure. Yeah, slightly so the, open. So the AC's all going out. Yeah. But uh, it's just a you know, butthole, so it's. Right. It gets clear. really hot. It's pretty cramped in there. Yeah. It's true to Atlanta, though. Yeah. You know, in the sense sunset, you, know, you, you feel our humidity. More work. so than you would if it was open air. Right. Yeah. So It actually it plays. Yeah. Totally. Um, where do we begin with this game? This is though, tough. Right? It was weird. Deshaun Jackson doesn't play a snap. Alshon Jeffrey doesn't play a snap. Carson Wentz looks like he's never thrown a football. Matt Ryan looks like he's never thrown a football. Devontae Freeman sucks again. Ido Smith does well in limited action. Once again, six carries, I think like 31 yards or something like that. Yeah. Um, Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley Vic. gets a clutch S- sack. S- Almost, he, he should have had two sacks. Yeah, but it was nice to see him stick with the play and finish. Unlike the yeah, he week hard. ago, yeah. uh or the week, excuse me, the week before that against Kirk Cousins, where he just slowed up on this play and looked like he was uh, trying out for dance class in, in high school or something. Very, very odd. Tack did not get a sack, but he was all over. Was all over the place. All over Carson Wentz. Hit him three or four times. It was great. I like this rapid fire. Isaiah Oliver comes back, wins the game for he us. He looked terrible initially, though. Getting penalties. He, did, he was not looking oh, strong. In the game. Yeah, in the game. And then... Makes the big play at the end on fourth down to stop Zach Ertz. He, I mean, he was looking better the second half. Yeah, but the first half it was like dumpster fire. Yeah, You're like, oh, Christ. And Mm -hmm. then he really, you know, figured his shit out. It was great. That was a tackle and a half. Yes. You know what was funny when that happened? I was like, fuck, well, they're going to get the first down now. Because I thought it was third down. And Alexa was just like, no, they won. I was like, no, they didn't. You You don't know. He was like, no, that was it. The game is over. And I was like, no, it's not. And then... I was like, first down. Oh, one down. Hell. I was in a weird state watching that game. Me too. I was just like upstairs by myself watching it. And I was like chipping golf balls pretty much the entire game. Very nervous. Uh, nervous, getting mad, starting to get excited, then getting mad with that horrendous pick in the end zone. Let's talk about Matt Ryan, man. Five picks so far in the season, three in this game alone. And it wasn't just the picks that were concerning. You know, we've already had this is I think Matt's what second red zone interception of the year so far, one for each game. Yep. It wasn't just the picks that are bad. The accuracy wasn't there on a lot of throws. There are a lot of bad decisions being made by Matt. I'm usually the biggest Matt Ryan apologist there is, but he looked awful. And I think he was bailed out a little bit by how good his receivers were. And it wasn't just the picks, it was overthrows. Hardy wide open on a big deep throw. Missed him. Ridley wide open on another deep throw. Missed him. Third time he got really on the big yeah, throw, which, which was nice. Yeah. But it's like Matt you, you can't doesn't miss those, miss those usually, yeah. uh, and if he does, usually it's his receivers bad. But this time it, it, it was not, and even on other plays, you know, it's like incompletions were off. Uh, they were not crisp passes. They were off target. They weren't. He wasn't leading his receivers well. It seemed like, and he just didn't look like himself. And once again, the pressure got to him. And I, you know, it's hard to blame the offensive line totally for that because we were literally getting blitzed on every play. They were playing cover zero, no safety up top, sending corner blitzes like every play. It was like like NFL blitz, suicide blitz every play. said it was the most pressure he's ever seen in his life. Yeah, I mean, it was insane. And that one pick where uh, he was trying to throw a deep ball, I can't remember who it was to, but he underthrew it. And I think he underthrew it because he thought he was going to get hit, and he wasn't. But I mean, there was pressure coming to him, but he had time to make a better throw, and he just underthrew it. I think that was in the, the second half, but uh, he was he was bad. That was one of the worst Matt Ryan games I've ever watched. That was almost as bad as that one game against, I think, the Cardinals in 2010 or something. He threw, like, five picks in a game, and it was just like, what the hell is going on here? Usually, a Matt has a bad game, though. He cleans it up in the next week, and he comes out strong. He's had two bad games so far this year. I'm not ready to push the panic button because I've seen enough of Matt Ryan to know... Um, that he is, he is a great quarterback in this league. But I feel a little less confident heading into this game in Indianapolis than I would normally during the Matt Ryan era. But also, he got it done when he needed to. True, true. He he engineered a, a good drive near the end. What do you think about that play called Julio of screen? Yeah, it had to be executed perfectly, and I it know. was. When when G- you see that shit in slow motion, and yeah. you see those videos, and yeah. like. Uh, just the intricacies of when Sanu has to hold off like Sanu has to start to run look like he's running around and then just come back for that block and everything just has to work perfect there has to be enough time for Jake Matthews to get out there he crushed that man that man has no soul anymore I know he like ripped his throat out it It looked like Uh, yeah that's like a Madden pancake that, that was a big pancake it wasn't just a pancake he like drove him into the ground too and just stayed on him yeah and I was like oh my god that was beautiful Julio the same way He's gotta fake like he's gonna do a big go route and then come back and catch it, you know, and, and then take and then try to take it to the house. But Julio, man, only five catches. But 106 yards and two two touchdowns. And he was a, a man amongst boys in that game. That last play, especially, it was just once he got past the first one. There was no chance. I it knew was, it was over. Yeah, there's no chance he was getting caught. Running damn twenty miles an hour like a fucking gazelle. Yeah, what a what an absolute monster. I mean and Calvin Ridley looks like he's getting to star status as well. He's like, the, he's the number two receiver now. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I love Mosenu, but he's clearly the number two receiver. Yeah, I mean, when you know when Matt Ryan has the confidence to throw to him in double and triple coverage, like he does with Julio, right? Has the confidence that Ridley's going to go up and get it, yep. if not, not let it be intercepted. Right. Um, we've got something special there, but I don't know about you. I feel pretty good about Dirk Cutter, man. I was really happy to see the vertical passing game actually come out in this one. The play calling was was better in terms of like how the plays actually were designed. I mean, you still had your little dump-off screens and things like that, but it felt like we were trying to throw the ball down the field. It wasn't just like, here's a four-yard pass, here's a five-yard pass. It was like, we're mixing it up, we're trying different things. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was better offensively despite the interceptions, and I can't really fault Cutter for the interceptions because he's not throwing the damn ball. But for, for me, like just hearing the aftermath of that play that was drawn up, they had had that screen to Julio as like a check down, and they were trying to bait the Eagles into sending all those blitzers so that they could run that play. So they, they the play had. Playing the long game. Yeah, so like yeah. The, that, that whole drive, I think they were. I mean, there were only like five or six plays, mm-hmm. but that was their play they wanted to set up. Yeah. So they were trying to get the Eagles to do what they did and bring the house. That's, and then as yeah. soon, like, it was instantly Matt Ryan saw it, checked down to that, and then it was just, yeah, it was just once those blocks were there, it's game over. Well, so well, I, I feel like that's just like something. It's maybe I just never hear that side of it, but I don't see Sark having the know how to bait someone into. A certain defense, no, and then have the perfect answer. Like that's some Shanahan shit. Yeah, no, that was that was good plotting uh, for sure. If that's if that was the case, which sounds like it was, you know, your sources. It's on Atlanta's own, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's got to yeah, be real. Here it here, it, it's right. It's, it's got to be real. Running game was bad though, again. And the Eagles do have a strong front four, and we faced two bad front. I starting not or bad two really good front fours uh, to open the season. What do we? I mean, I'm seeing nothing from Devontae. I, I despite wanna, the fact he's going up against good defense. I think he got to get to like a sixty forty split. Yeah, Edo, you know, last week averaged six yards of carry. This week he averages eight yards of carry. He only had four carries. But he has thirty two yards every time uh, he gets the ball. It's like he's explosive, it's dynamic. He, he, he makes a play out of nothing. He can cut like a madman. Yeah, um, change direction on a dime. Edo looks like something great. I, I mean. Give me 70-30 split between him and Devontae at this point. I'd be in full support of that motion, Adam. Mm. Good. And something's got to give, though. But I think we'll see. If there's one game for Devontae to bust out, it'll be next week. The Colts have been gashed on the ground uh, to open the season in both games. They've historically not had the best defensive line uh, in the world. So I would really like to see us try to... slam the ball down their throats, maybe give Matt, it would be nice to give Matt a week to, you know, not have to feel like he has to be the hero. He doesn't have to throw the ball a lot. I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but, you know, given these interceptions, if we can try to figure out how to force the run more and really break down this, you know, supposedly weak Colts defensive unit, maybe we can see Devontae have a big game. Or if he can't, righty-do. And, and, and make the split a little more even, like you're saying. I think he's earned that at this point we I mean, we're only two games in, and uh, in fairness to Devonte, who I shit on big time last week, he had a couple mo- uh, uh that he had that pretty big play. I think it was a screen pass to him where he kind of looked like the old Devonte Freeman. Yeah, I mean, when he was receiving, he you know was okay. I mean, three catchers, forty two yards, had a, a decent day receiving the uh, receiving the football. It's just his primary job is to run it, and if he's not doing anything there, he's Unless you're really using him like in an Austin Eckler kind of way, like the, the Chargers used, they're they're throwing the ball to him seven eight times a game. He doesn't bring a lot of value to the to the field, not just from a fantasy football perspective, but from a reality football perspective. Mm. But we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, there's no reason to give up on him. But you're exactly right. You don't need some more touches. Yeah, hands down. Yeah. Um, something else I was thought was pretty promising. Our offensive line, Graham. Did you see the breakdown of the ver- our very first snap and yeah. what our offensive line did? to and Their defensive line Right, and how Devontae still only got like three yards. Yeah, yeah that was well, and, that, it, was it was perfect. Forget about that. But it was perfect blocking, push their asses back. Yeah, yeah, like everyone, like Carpenter looked like a beast. Matthews. McGarry looked like a beast. McGarry earns some some big brownie points. He played very well. He was also banged up a little bit. Hopefully he can play I this thought season. he was going to be done for the season. Yeah. No, he he was like, I'm not leaving my brothers out and there. And he comes back in the rot. fourth quarter? Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. Now that, that showed me a lot of heart. Uh, no pun intended since I know he has the, the heart issues. or am not trying to make light of his, his situation there. Uh, but disrespectful, very disrespectful. disrespectful, but he showed a lot of heart. I was very pleased by that, especially when you don't really know the middle makeup of a guy yet because he's only been in your organization for two games. That showed me a lot, that made me pull just for him. Every, everything I've seen from him. He, he just se- is such a likable character. Like, I don't know shit about Lindstrom, like who he is as a person, right? He kind of strikes me, Lindstrom kind of strikes me as just like an Alex Mack, which is good. Yeah, I don't know anything about Alex Mack, no, but he shows up every day. Does his job. Plays football, does his job. That's who I think Lindstrom is. McGarry's a lot more outspoken. He's like this goofball from Washington, and he he just truly loves playing football. Yeah, Um, and that certainly came across on Sunday night, and this was such a big game to win. If you go down 0-2, the wheels start falling off the the car big time. Well, and there's like the NFC South all of a sudden just looks so winnable. It's become the most winnable division in football. Cam Newton is screwed. Yeah, Cam Newton, I don't know what the hell is... He he may never play football again. Has he got mental health issues? I think he is bruised, battered, and beaten emotionally and physically, and he can't play like he used to. One of the biggest strengths of his game is to run the ball and look like a linebacker taking out your safeties and just beating the shit out of you on the ground and with his arm. And he can't effectively use either of those tactics... Uh, at this point, at this juncture, he has, I think, negative one yards rushing this year. That's yeah, only like four or five attempts between in two games. That's crazy. So Matt Ryan's a bigger rush threat than him now. Yeah. And Drew Brees is out for God knows how long with some ligament damage to his thumb he suffered in the uh, Rams game. Six weeks. Well, six weeks, but that that's the projected be, time frame. It yeah. could be longer. We don't, yeah. I don't know. It could be shorter. But now is the time. And, and the, the Buccaneers are the Buccaneers. You know, they're, they're terrible, so we don't have to worry about them as much. But the, the Buccaneers are your biggest threat right now. I know. Even though Jameis doesn't look that great, you still got a respectable coach in Bruce Arians. Chris Godwin has really solidified himself as their number one receiver. Peyton Barber looks decent on the ground. Their defense is trash, but whatever. And Jameis, even though he's not the best quarterback in the world, is serviceable enough to to win football a football game. So would have been Stud and Bucks tapes or something. Well, I mean, I'm just I try to keep up with what's going on in the division, um, and they have a very. Easily winnable game on the road or no at home against New York Giants, so they're probably going to be two and one. So you got you got to keep pace with them. Right, the the hope is that the Saints do struggle. I mean, they looked all right with Teddy Bridgewater, and I think he'll be better this week. He's probably one of the best backups in the league. He was yeah he was thrown into a very unenviable position, having to be on the road in Los Angeles against a good defense, uh, and you know, probably not being a hundred percent. Prepared. I mean, you never think Drew Reese is going to go down. No. So it's like, it it, it was a shock. So hopefully, the best they do is tread water. Yeah. And and we can gain a little ground before we actually get into division play, which is so dumb that we don't get into division play until like week 10. Yeah, until that, like, five-game stretch. Yeah. Um, If you can put yourself in a position where you you got a a nice little lead there, you'll you'll, be in a good spot. Even if we were to drop a game against the Saints, you know, if, if we're already two or three games ahead, it's okay. Well, Matt Bryant. Woof. I mean, he your, had one big boy. he had one big make, and he had one huge miss. That was the worst kick I've ever seen him attempt. He also had to kick off uh, because Matt Bosher was hurt. And I don't want Matt Bryant ever kicking off again. I think i screw with his rhythm. I'm going to stick by it. Oh, that's your excuse. That's my excuse. Hey, you, you no, that was a bad miss. I can't, I can't make okay. an excuse for that. I mean, I honestly... I think everyone thought it was blocked. Even Al so Michaels though. said it was blocked. He's like, that ball was blocked, and they should replay, it. And i are like, oh. No. He just shanked the fuck out of it. Like someone who's never kicked a football I'll in their you life. Who, who would have made that? Gruzio Tudekio. He probably would have shanked it even worse. Probably would have <laughs> kicked it behind him somehow. Defied the laws of gravity. I'm not going to freak out about Matt Bryant yet. Because um, he's also... Did what he had to do. He made all his extra points, made a field. Made, a, made his other field goal. It's okay. i tell you what, I'm always going to cheer for the Falcons, but man, is that going to be a sweet conversation on this podcast in about eight weeks if Matt Bryant's an issue. He still made a 50-yard kick. If, if he's an issue and he clearly is over the hill, that's going to be a sweet conversation between me and you, Graham. That's going to be a very sad conversation between me and me. It, it'll be sad but gratifying. So do you want Matt Bryant to fail? I don't, but... Part of you does. I can see it. You have this little glint in your eye like, "It told you stuff, so, idiot. I do like being right. I hope you're very wrong. He made all three of his extra points and also made a 50-yard field goal. He is so looking, I'm not concerned. He is looking better than Adam Vinatieri. That's going to be an interesting matchup between... Did you hear they tried out six kickers this week, the Colts, because of struggles? Six. six. Was Giorgio one of them? No, but uh, the old Legends kicker was part of it. Oh. Uh, I can't remember his name. Jin <laughs> <laughs> like you just Stocked yourself. <laughs> I can't remember. The Georgia State kicker. Yeah, yeah. I liked him. Yeah, he's good. Think they did a sign anyone though? They're sticking with Vinatari. I don't know. I just I heard about this uh, either yesterday or the day before. They're probably just gonna have a tryouts every single week until they have to make the move. Probably. They'll probably give him another chance. I mean he's done well for their franchise. I mean, Jesus Christ. He's one of the best kickers ever. He's also your last nineteen nineties NFL football player. When he goes, we truly have, have grown up. Some guy was posting um, about he's done fantasy football for like twenty five years, mm-hmm. like before internet. Where you had to like sit down in a room together. And well, you sit down in a room together, but then like even every week, like you don't see the stats live. Right. So the commissioner has to wait until the stats come oh, in God. in a newspaper. Read box scores. Read box scores. Jesus assign Murphy. points and then mail. Mail mail the result the the results and standings oh, to each person. God. Imagine being a a fantasy football commissioner back then. That's a different deal. That so, is an actual job. So, so he was saying like every year, uh, like when you do your draft, like people give money for postage, sure yeah. things like that. Right, Yeah. So you don't actually know how you did until like Thursday or so, right. and then if you want to make trades. Or free agency. Once a month, you meet again. I oh Just God. have. It sounds really fun. You, you, and that's when you like wow. just go at it for like a few hours and do all your wheeling and dealing. Mm. But anyways, he showed his draft from like 1995, and Vinatieri, Vinatieri. was taking like the sixth round or something. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, he's been around for a very very long time. Yeah. I think he's 47 or 46. Yeah, he's old. Yeah. yeah. So, I. Uh, how do you feel about this Colts game? No Andrew Luck, obviously. Jacoby Brissett has been solid. Um, they're a decent team, no doubt, but. We should win it. I agree. I think we should go in there and take care of business. I think I, we have better personnel. I saw enough last week. Our defense looks like it could be a true force. We didn't really get to see our defense in week one because of the terrible positions they were put in. Well, the problem here's what I want to see. You know, show me that same fire, that same vigor that you had on Sunday night, because it's hard to judge. The defense's effort, when Carson Wentz literally missed on 18 of his passes because he was clearly rattled. He was he was effed up. I don't know what was going on with him. I know he's missing Jackson and Jeffrey, but Lord God. He's normally a very, very good quarterback. Yeah. Um, so it, but, so it, it's tough to give. I mean, the defense did play, did their job well enough. And that game shouldn't have even been close. It should have been a blowout. If Manhattan kept throwing picks, we'd probably win that game 30 to 6 or something. I just want one damn blowout, Graham. It'd be nice. Can't we just have a painless game? No. There's no such thing as a painless game as a like game. Every game is going to come down the last You get right? You get one painless game every, like, four years. That's it. Like, this should have been that game. You're right. Like yeah. If we had... If we had taken care whatever, of football. Whatever. We it's okay. We still won. Yeah. But what I want to see is is that, you know, Brissette, I imagine, will be more accurate than wins which might be weird to say, but Wentz had an absolutely awful game. Can we, you know, supply the same pressure? You're, you're facing a very big test against the Colts offensive line. It's one of the most renowned offensive Well, they line pound the units. ball with Marlon Mack. They pound the ball with Marlon Mack, and they had excellent pass protection. So Vic Beasley, Tack, you know, Grady... What you got this week? Hey, our, our run defense was stout last yeah, week. Yeah, only, didn't, only they gave didn't, up 28 yards. They didn't do shit. Yeah. So that had something to do with it as well. Yes, forced them to, uh, to throw a lot. It was, it was also, you know, I got to also shout out to Desmond Trufant. Two picks. A pick also sitting on his wallet when he fell over the ball just like went right to him for some reason. He looks like a man possessed. He's got just so much energy. He just goes after every play with such passion. I've never seen him play like this, even when everyone considered him to be really good. I never saw him out there just, like, ball hawking the way he does. Or maybe if he did, i have forgotten because he's been so crappy the last year or so. Yeah, keep in mind he had zero picks last year. Yeah, no, he you has two. Got two. Yeah. And uh, one of those, the first one, was a hell of a play as well. Was it was it was, It wasn't like... I mean, it was a bad throw, but he went up and made the play. It wasn't it was one of those things where it's like if that happens last year, he either misreads the play or it bounces off his hands. You know, he he did it when he absolutely needed to. Yeah. And he like even last you know, and even the, the the Vikings game, I know they only threw the ball ten times, but he was never challenged. So he must have been blanketing whoever he was covering, whether it be Thielen or Diggs, depending on the uh offensive setup. So I'm excited about a lot of players on this team now. Yeah. Last week was all gloom and doom, but I'm just so stoked about these trenches right now, Graham. Yeah, trenches. Look I'm, not, I'm generally a skill, a skill position guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, there's trenches like Tyler Davidson, the guy we got from Saints. He was pl- in such a perfect tandem with him, and Grady. Yeah, because um, he plugs the hole. Right. He's not going to put up a huge stat line, but he he does what? What was that super fat guy we had that came from the Packers? Um, On this. Oh, no, I think I'm going way back. Oh, oh, I know you're talking about that huge guy who was like 360 <laughs> pounds or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah, I can't. It was like like he had fed on a, a baby weight. Rod his, Coleman, stomach. like the, the pass rusher, but then the, I can't remember the other guy's name. But he was amazing. Uh, I was like, I gotta look him up now because like he was such a joy to watch. But also like he, the, I'm gonna search huge defensive <laughs> tackle, 365 pounds, <laughs> mid 2000s. Terrence Cody is the first guy that came up. I don't think nah, that's, that's not him. him. We'll, we'll say like Packers or Falcons. No, Falcons. That's a terrible story. Not Don Terry Poe. Don Terry, um, but Don Terry Poe's Don Terry Poe served that with, with yes. Grady, yes. which we didn't have. I really in the got last to find out who the hell that guy was, though. I look uh, up the 2000, like. Dude, 2010 team. It wasn't 2010. I, I think it was on the. No, it was 2005. No. I just searched 2005. I'm just going to (laughs) bring back what I want. What was his name? Damn it. Another Grady. Oh, yeah, that's right. His name was Grady. I can't. What was his last name? Grady Jackson. Grady Jackson. Plug the hole. I really enjoyed him. He only played like 20, 25 snaps a game, but he was uh, he was a treasure to watch in the trenches. But the point is, that, that's what Tyler Davison, he, he's filling that role now. He's not quite as big. No, he's not that big. He <laughs> doesn't need to be. I don't think anyone's that big anymore. Yeah, no NFL. one needs to be that big. Everyone's kind of in shape now. Even if you're a fat guy in the NFL, you're still an in-shape fat guy. Sure. Uh, it's a different game now. But, um, I'm, yeah, I'm just just excited about these trenches, Graham. I'm seeing something I haven't seen the past couple of years. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing uh, Isaiah Oliver's progression, how that works out. And then I want to, yeah, I think once again, I want to see Tack get that same sort of pressure on Brissette. I want to see Vic do something with his life again. Grady's been beautiful the first two games. He doesn't need to prove anything to me. But those two guys need to keep proving stuff to me. And they both did a good job. Tack, even though he didn't get a sack, I thought was – with the best player on the defensive line that night. The amount of pressure he was getting on on Wentz was outstanding. If Tack keeps playing like he did Sunday night, the sacks are going to come. Yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. For sure. So hopefully we have good news after this weekend's game. 1 o'clock start against the Colts in Indianapolis. So, see what happens. Kind of nice to just do a show, just the two of us again. Yeah. Last, last week was fun, but that that was a lot of pressure, man. It was a lot of pressure. I feel like I had to do a lot more than I'm. I'm not. I can't even like speak. I, I'm okay with being uncomfortable to speak right now. Like at like the words just don't come out my mouth correctly because I'm not embarrassing myself in front of, you know, people in front of me. I'm just embarrassing the the hundreds of users out right. there who put up with our bullshit every week. Well, it's just a lot simpler like this way. It's like I know you're gonna talk. You're gonna set things up, and then when you stop talking, I'm gonna regurgitate whatever I've been thinking about for the last couple minutes and then you'll probably agree with me or not and then we debate or talk over me or talk over you I gotta talk over you (laughs) I have to say what you're gonna say too when you have a good point as well right yeah you did that earlier this show I I said something about um I don't know what the hell it was and then (laughs) you repeated the exact same thing like two minutes like it was your idea I was like that's fine that's 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 what we do as part of the show (laughs) Well, last week it was like, okay, we got to let this person talk. Now we got to let this person talk. Right. A lot of ins, a lot of outs. Indeed. We're a two man show. But it's always fun to visit with friends. It is. So I think that wraps up today's episode of Elena Zone, Adam. Unless you have anything else you want to regurgitate. Uh, no, I think we, we've hit on everything that's on my mind, Graham. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Wherever you are and however you're listening to the show. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in Brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Pastor Tomlinson. Pastor Thompson